I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is a special episode of Two, Two Films, Films Three, Three Curious. Curious. First try. Oh. <laughs> uh, where the three of us watch two movies. We got that part right, too. And we're curious about them. Numbers are tough, you guys. <laughs> which is why we watched Zodiac, which is entirely in Zodiac symbols. They don't say a number through that entire the movie. subtitles no. were really confusing. And All the President's Men does not tell you how many there were. It just says oh, all of them. Oh, but it does. Oh, damn. Anyways, our special guest uh, is also the person that we wanted to thank. Uh, you've heard her name on this podcast before. Many times. Many times. This is co-tagonist Brenda, who has funded greatly not only <laughs> wine that's wonderful to drink, but food that she wonderful actively hates Yeah. <laughs> and has graciously given us. I don't know that that was wonderfully I love pierogies, though. We, oh, well, oh, that food was amazing. That's the thing, too, that not only did you give us... Not only were you our guest, but you gave us amazing food at your house. But I was referring mostly to the hamburger, the hamburger. helper <laughs> previously, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. I believe you would refer to as stupid food. Stupid food, yeah. yes. Yeah, that was a bad mom moment. No, it was a great mom moment. Tell us though what you... Uh, but it was a good <clears throat> podcast mom moment. It was. Okay. Tell us what you made us for, uh, for Zodiac and all the precedents, men. We had pierogi casserole mm-hmm. for one of them. Zodiac, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I can't for the life of me remember what we had for Italian all Italian sausage sandwiches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you'll recall, I ate an entire package of sausages that night. <laughs> okay, fun fact. I didn't think about this while it was happening. Both of those things I was introduced to when I was a kid living in Pennsylvania. At which time, all the president's men were out there Zodiac killing. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. So, we should have watched wild. that third film. Yes. Yeah. No, I thought we had a that we're not allowed to do two film, three films too curious for a very long time. Anyways, um, so if you haven't gathered this by now, we watched All the President's Men and Zodiac, and we were talking loosely about suspense and more specifically about newspapers, but Tyler has mm-hmm. words for us about suspense. I do. So the first kind of use of suspense that we have is in is circa 1400, which is abeyance, temporary cessation, a state not to be carried out, like legal for legal matters. Um, it's from French, which is then from Old French, which is from the Latin suspensus, which is the past particle of suspendere, which is to hang up or interrupt. While that is obviously like the definition of suspend, like to suspend something from the ceiling or a wall. Right. That also makes perfect sense for in a movie. It's right. getting something really close to happening. It's it's almost falling, but it's not suspended. It's You're waiting for something to happen. Right. So uh, what do you think, is there a difference between a suspenseful movie and a thriller? Hmm. Or are those semantic definitions, are those the same word, are the two different words that mean the same thing? Prior to, just a couple of days ago when I looked at some (laughs) definitions, I would have said that yes, there's a big difference. That thriller has to do with um, sort of, not necessarily slasher, but impending danger to my physical self okay. or someone else's physical self. Thriller is more personal. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But I read um, that at least Wikipedia considers All the President's Men a political thriller. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't have thought of... I had no, thought of I All the President's like... Men as being suspenseful, but not a thriller. What was that bad movie that came out the same year as Moneyball with Philip Seymour Hoffman about politics? George Clooney's in it. 
Ides of March. Oh, yeah. Oh. That would be a political thriller as well, then, I would assume. Yeah? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the difference between, like, a suspense movie and a horror? Do we have... I don't... I was just thinking about this. I don't know if there's a consensus on that. I don't know that... To me, a horror movie is scary. Okay. And it, to me, being scared... As someone who doesn't like scary movies but loves suspenseful movies, there's a distinction in those... Okay. Between those in my mind. Mm-hmm. That a suspense is... It's a long burn of that emotion. Okay. Of that like right. that terror that you feel. Okay. It's you it's builds and it goes down. It's like the like the climax of a movie or the action, you know, that graph that you'd always yeah. draw in like literary class in high school. Whereas whereas a horror movie is like ah! yeah. jump yeah. scares. Okay. Not yeah. no it's necessarily always jump scares, but <clears throat> it's always a that to me is more like what Brenda said about like a like a physical harm to Okay. Like I don't watch I watch a horror movie and then hear a sound and I'd be like, What was that? Is there a murder in my house? But I don't think, right. is that Richard Nixon in my house? Like, when it's the <laughs> right. Watergate you know, Although that would be scary. <laughs> would be, even, oh, if, no. even if he was still alive. <laughs> He's going to drool everywhere. <laughs> we already have one person in this apartment that flops sweats on the furniture. We don't need to. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Mom, would you like to go first and uh, summarize all the President's Men so that I can panic and figure out how Zodiac goes? <laughs> sure. Sure. Are we allowed to put in our own sort of opinion? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All the President's Men is such a great movie. It's absolutely in my top two favorite movies. And you know. Here we go. Right. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so if you guys didn't get the plot from that, uh, yeah. you can go to yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. Now I'm going to go. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little more into the plot. Okay. So, All the President's Men is a 1976 movie that um, tells the story of the Watergate break-in that, really, the cover-up of which brought about the end of Nixon's presidency. He resigned on August 9th, 1974, which is amazing to me because this movie came out just two years later. I think that that's a really quick turnaround on something so politically... Massive, and I think it was really um, brave of the whatever company produced it. I'm, yeah, I'm Paramount. Paramount. Ooh. No, wait. What's the one with the with the war, with Earth? Is that Universal? Yes. I yeah. think it's Universal. Mm-hmm. Which is odd, Universal, but it's only the Earth. Right. Well, <laughs> well what but, is the center of our universe? No, I guess we're talking about yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> anyway, so the film opens with. Uh, a security guard um, noticing at, at the Watergate complex. He notices that a door, the lock on a door, has been taped in such a way that the door doesn't actually lock. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone taped it so that they could get in later or not get locked out. Right, right. So he calls the police and they come and they end up arresting five burglars in the um, Democratic National or the yeah, Democratic National Campaign offices that were at the Watergate complex. Um, so the next day, um, Bob Woodward, who was working at the Robert Woodward, Bob and I, we were so close. Yes, buddies. <laughs> Big mm-hmm. Bobby. Sometimes you call him Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Woodward was asked, was sent. He was a reporter for the Post, a new one. For the person he was sent to cover it sent to the local courthouse to cover this they thought it was just going to be kind of a little throwaway thing like right. oh, these they guys broke in they, right. on the metro desk at right. that point right so it was just it was not even going to be something that was going to be on the front page right right so um there's some really fun scenes where 
Woodward is really kind of dogging this guy who's there um, at the trial. (laughs) Uh Um, And he learns that um, uh, these five men are connected to Howard Hunt, who is a former employee of the CIA, and um, not just him, but also Nixon's um, special counsel to the White House, who um, was Charles Colson. Uh, so the Post assigns Carl Bernstein, played by Dustin Hoffman, to help out Woodward on this story. So because now guy. it's a little yeah, bit bigger. Um, at one point, uh, they did, they, there's talk during their sort of daily, let's go over what's going to be on what page of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, there's talk that they're going to take them off of Woodward and Bernstein, take them off of the story and put more experienced reporters on it. And their, their direct supervisor, their editor, really fights for them to stay on this um, story. So um, Woodward, who is the the sort of not senior, the lesser of the two reporters, Mm -hmm. um, contacts a government official um, who had been an anonymous source for him previously, and Mm -hmm. he was known as Deep Throat. Um, They meet in the night in uh, a parking garage, and it's always very dark and shadowy, and um, Woodward gets frustrated because because Deep Throat keeps talking in these sort of riddles and you know, he's, it's very unclear. He knows that he's getting information, but it's really hard to interpret what the in, in information is. So Woodward and Bernstein continued their investigation, which in 1974 was, um, most, or I'm uh, sorry, 1972 to 1974, mm-hmm. was mostly through, um, like phone calls, working the phones and following leads and calling in favors from people in their office and even um, tracking down people via the phone book. Yeah. Just tearing out a page from the phone book and going from house to house to house to find these people. Um, So through all of that, they are able to connect the five burglars to some illegal campaign contributions to Nixon's committee to reelect the president, which is known as creep. Through the former creep treasurer, they learn who his name was Hugh Sloan. It doesn't matter. Um, Woodward and Bernstein um, learn that there was a slush fund of hundreds of thousands of dollars um, that was connected to the White House chief of staff, who was at the time H.R. Haldeman. Which I mean, I think we all like lots of us know that name. and through the former Attorney General John Mitchell, who was at that time the head of Creep. Dun, dun, dun. That's not a good thing to be the head of. No. <laughs> no. And especially if you're, if you're you know, if you have creeps. all right. that money. <laughs> if yeah. you're not Radiohead, you should not be one of the yeah. people. <laughs> There's there at one in one scene, um, one of the women who worked for the uh, um, committee, um, who worked in the campaign office, is talking to Bernstein and she keeps saying things like God, there was so much money there was so much of it like it was this like it tormented her kind of oh there's just so much money so um, Woodward again meets secretly with Deep Throat and basically says look you're giving me riddles and I need some 
straight talk. Now, what are you, the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> <laughs> right. Classic. Right. Little, right. Little That's my favorite, time, li- favorite yeah. line. You have to really listen to catch it. That's why I picked these two movies. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so he reveals that Haldeman had masterminded the Watergate break-in and cover-up, um, but that it, it also um, was meant to hide what he called covert operations involving all levels of um, the U.S. intelligence community. And then he tells them that their their lives are at risk. The, their lives and the lives of people they've around them. They've learned too much. Yeah, they've learned too much. So the, uh, this movie probably features one of my absolute favorite final scene sequences. So it's January 20th, election or uh, inauguration day, and you see images of Nixon taking the oath of office as Woodward and Bernstein are typing up their final story. And then you see this montage of accusations and... It's like you headlines, know, right? Right, yeah. headlines, yeah, right. The, yeah, the... Right, well, headlines. It's going to go to the print office. Right, right. And, you know, like the people, sort of all of those dominoes falling one after the other after the other, and then Nixon resigning. Um, well, no, you don't see that. You don't see right. that. No, you, you see, see the teletype. The tel- yeah, the that, teletype. Oh, I love that. It's perfect. The it's teletype so saying that Nixon has resigned. It's so good. All right. I ca- it, the movie was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to add. I think that's basically perfect. Yeah. All right, so you guys are going to have to help me with this one. Uh, Zodiac is a movie about uh, Ted Cruz. and he... <laughs> No, no, no. Well, I mean, we don't it's know. It's not a way out. We don't know. Right. So uh, Zodiac opens with uh, a, 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 guy and a, a guy and a lady, and they go, and they're driving their car to a, a spot for lovers to hang out. Make out point. Right. You know, make out point. <laughs> um, and they get there, and, like, they two other, like, cars leave. And then another car shows up, and the lady obviously knows who it is, and then the man gets out of the car and kills them both. Well, they realize that they saw that car at, oh, the, before, that's at right. the burger place. Yeah, at, yeah. The, yeah at, the, at the restaurant that they went to. Driving slow, watching them. So, Slowly. and then uh, we go to uh, the newspaper, and they get a letter from a man who, or like, that's got, he says, like, I killed these people. And I have a riddle, and you need to publish it on the front page of your newspaper. And I've sent similar riddles to two other newspapers. And if you guys don't publish it on the front page, I'm going to kill people. And they're like, "Oh dear." And so then the newspaper, like they, they, two of the newspapers put it on the front page, and the third newspaper puts it in the newspaper, but not on the front page. And uh, then it's solved by a family in Salinas, California. Um, who and then they like they the the riddle says essentially like I am I am this killer I love killing people I'm gonna kill people again um, and then another murder happens and the news people newspaper people are like they end up getting more letters from this guy and at like he starts calling himself Zodiac and about halfway through the movie you start to see. Uh, oh, because a murder happens in San Francisco proper, and then we start seeing um, the San Francisco police station, police force, start to react to this and try and figure out what they should be doing next. Yeah, because it's been in other counties previously. Right, yeah, right. yeah. It was not in San Francisco proper. And so now that it's in San Francisco proper, Mark Ruffalo, the detective in, in San Francisco, 
starts to go and investigate these things. Inspector. Yes, Inspector. Yeah. That's what Mark they call Ruffalo. them specifically in San Francisco. I learned this. Oh, I didn't when know When I was that. reading on my thing. Huh. It's Inspector instead of like Detective. Did you know that? He didn't know that either. Um, <laughs> but Inspector Toski. Oh, I didn't know that. <coughs> but they uh, so they he ends up trying to figure it out and he keeps going to the other police stations and they're just like I don't I don't know our documents they, are here they did we don't know what we don't happened. know I don't know and they're like what happened to this piece of evidence and they're like no we didn't ever had that piece the other town they've got it and so he's getting a run around from it and the newspaper people are like Robert Downey Jr. the reporter is. Uh, he's the specifically like the crime reporter. Right. He's the yeah. He's the guy that's been doing this whole story, and he starts to get a little arrogant against Zodiac Killer, and Zodiac Killer's like, "I'm gonna kill you next," and so he freaks out and well, starts let's not to forget about Lamb, who has technically the lead character, right. which is right, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, who's just a he's, he's a cartoonist. A, yeah, cartoonist. he's a political but he's cartoonist, got a very but a mind that's made for puzzles. Puzzles, right? And he's been yeah. following this whole thing too. Uh, following around Robert Downey Jr. to try and help piece evidence together, mm-hmm. and then he starts hanging out with the inspector. Right, and isn't he the one that said, didn't he say after the first murder or the first whatever, he said yeah. he's going to kill again? Yeah, yeah. and he was like, after he's not going to give his name in the cipher. Right. Yeah. Even though his letter was like, oh, my name's in the cipher if you can figure it out. He's like, it's not in there. No, it's not in there. Um, and then they they have a couple of compelling leads, including a guy named Arthur Lee Allen, that uh, the the inspector is pretty convinced it's him, and so is Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, but they don't have enough evidence to put him away. And unlike All the President's Men, which ultimately does not span that much time, uh, this movie ends up spanning from sixty decades seven <laughs> to ninety one when they when the last person who gives evidence uh, gives evidence to suggest it's probably Arthur Lee Allen, but still nothing compelling and unlike all the president's men with a, a very in fact this is supposed to be one of my differences but i'm gonna say it now unlike all the president's men which ends with a very triumphant not tri- successful satisfying but yeah. <laughs> satisfying and but very subdued ending zodiac kind of fizzles out where they're everybody's just like not getting any traction and nobody wants to help anybody, and we don't know who did it. I mean, and then we have where they went. They went to take him in, and he had a heart attack yeah. and died. Right. Yeah. Like before they could find out anything. Yeah. yeah. So I stumbled through that one, and you guys added <laughs> no, a lot. Do you have anything? You have anything else to add? No, I don't think mm-hmm. so. All right, Tyler actually has some fun facts for us. I do. So for all the presidents, men. Uh, Frank Wills, who is the security guard who discovered the break-in, played himself in the movie. I like that one. <gasps> That's I, isn't that so awesome? cool. <laughs> that one I actually knew before. I really like that, that one. That's super so neat. That is so cool. Um, I like the movie even more now. The two lead actors memorized each other's lines so that they could both interrupt each other in character. Oh, which cool. I get, it said that this unsettled a lot of actors they were playing opposite. <laughs> <laughs> which led to more authenticity, I guess. Right, so yeah, yeah. probably, way, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they were so comfortable with each other. There's a thing that I talk about in my notes. They were so comfortable with each other and it shows in the movie. Right. And everybody else is just anxious to talk to them. Right. Yeah. So They really do, I have thought before that they really do seem like they're just having just a like conversation. Like wavelength. really kind of yeah. throwing ideas off of each other. And I've thought, wow, how much... Rehearsal did that take for them to know? Because they knew each other. Yeah. Tremendous amount of rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the film was originally rated R for its language, because they say "fuck" a total of ten times. Oh. But it was subsequently re-rated PG due to its historical significance. Wow. 
That's neat. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah. When yeah. I watched it, I would not guess this is a PG movie. Huh. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have either. And then this one almost bleeds perfectly into Zodiac. The producer for All the President's Men paid so much attention to detail that they recreated out-of-date phone books so that they would be accurate to the time yeah. that... Which is... Just a few years prior. Right. Yeah. So impressive. Because they could have easily used current phone books if it's only two years difference. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And only a handful of people would have been would have been, would have cared to look to see. That's so impressive that they, that they recreated Along old those ones. same lines, um, they recreated the um, Washington Post newsroom like yeah. piece by piece. Like specific desks they bought mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. From the same so company that, that the Post exactly... bought their desks from. Yeah. Um, in Zodiac, this is such a cool thing that I just learned. George Lucas... Said, Star Wars man. Gave <laughs> an interview don't know. to Empire Magazine stating that the Zodiac murders captured his imagination as a, as he was a high schooler and then college student at USC. He always felt like um, Toski was hard was h- harshly judged for how the investigation was handled, so he named Toshi Station after Detective Toski or in, invest or investigator. Yeah, investigator Toski from the San Francisco Police Department. Isn't that so cool? That is really cool. Iconic Star Wars line. I was going to the Tashi station to pick up some power Power converters. Um, Mark Ruffalo. Friends, when your chores are done. (laughs) And now we just do the the whole movie. All right, but it's just Will. (laughs) You guys can play parts too. I'm not going to take all the good parts. Um, Mark Ruffalo actually met with David Toski while they were filming oh, the movie. Oh, cool. that's cool. And he said that he was very impressed that Toski had perfect recall of every detail of every case. Wow. Wow. Well, is, you know, that's super compelling. I mean, it was also it was. like his whole right. life, so. Right. Uh, the phone number 626-2345 displayed on the yellow cab was the actual phone number for the yellow cab company in San Francisco at that time. Neat. Which is just a very David Fincher thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then this, this one I knew kind of previously as well. In the Zodiac's letters, he muses on who would portray him in a film. And he's actually portrayed by three separate actors in the movie. He has, like, there's a different mm-hmm. height or different builds every time you see him mm-hmm. to not only throw, like, the viewer, like, is it could it be this guy? Right. No, remember he was skinny in that one scene. Right. Um, but also as a balk to the actual Zodiac Killer so that he wouldn't be portrayed by a visible or famous actor. Oh, that's really cool. That's super cool. Yeah, J- um, Jack... Yes. Was Who, saying, we actually, when we reference Jack and Nick on this podcast, we have no problem doing it because we know they'll never listen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so Jack was telling me just today that they that they had three different voices. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because that's what we were talking about when we were watching it. You're like, I think that's a different guy. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. They're all in the <laughs> yeah. dark and I can't yeah. tell these things anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, jump right into similarities <laughs> and differences then. Uh, here's a similarity. This one's really neat. Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Robert Downey Jr. from Zodiac are all in Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Mm-hmm. And Richard Nixon, the Watergate guy, <laughs> was a character in 2009's DC superhero movie, Watchmen. And so how is that a similarity between the two movies? Superheroes. Superheroes is the similarity. Oh, superheroes in both movies. Right. Richard Nixon being okay. superhero president Richard Nixon okay. in Watchmen 2009. And that isn't, he, isn't like his fifth term Third or something or fourth, crazy yeah. like that? Yeah. 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 Um, it sets the stage for the whole 
comic, really. It really does. One of the similarities I thought of was that in both movies, at least one of the key reporters mm-hmm. was kind of a cub reporter. Like, they yeah. had not been doing it for very long. And in fact, in the in Zodiac, he wasn't even a reporter. Yeah, he, was he was just a, around a cartoonist. Yeah. yeah. Snuck into a lot yeah. of meetings. Yeah. I think that it's interesting that both movies are very dark. Like, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of the action in All the President's Men happens at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Zodiac. It's but I think just that it's... Just the brutal murder by the lake is really the only one that happens in, like, broad daylight. Right. And, uh, but mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if it's a testament to directorial style or if it's a testament to even just camera quality at the times. Although Zodiac is also in the dark, it, the picture of things is so much clearer. Yes. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like we were watching, like, the VHS of All the President's Men yeah. and Blu-ray of Zodiac. We were kind of doing the reverse. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so another similarity I thought was in the use of comic relief. Okay. Um, both of them were really serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, very serious subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but in All the President's Men, um, there's a, a fun little scene where Robert Redford, he's... The, the young reporter, the new reporter, newer, doesn't know who Chuck Colson is, Charles Colson. And he gets ribbed a little bit about that. Yeah. Like, you, you're going to want to find that out before anyone, you know, hears. Because then later when he, when he parrots it, like, wasn't it to their editor? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good thing you learned before. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, Dustin Hoffman is funny. There's some comedic elements when he's interviewing um, particularly the women who worked in the campaign office. There's one scene where he's he, he feels like he's going to be able to get some information and he keeps plying uh, uh, the woman's sister. I don't know yeah. if they share a house or if, they were, yeah. if her sister was just there or what, but he keeps asking her for more coffee <laughs> and by the time he gets back to Robert Redford to give him his notes, they're all wadded up in his pocket and he's like... He's like tissues yeah, and napkins. Yeah. Like, and he's just off. hopped up on caffeine. It's like, like, what are you doing? He's like, I had 15 cups of coffee. Leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. And there's one scene where um, they're talking, Deep Throat is talking, he references the guys from the break, and he says, um, these are not very bright guys. Um, one of, this was not the first time I watched Zodiac, but I had not caught this line the, the, <laughs> until this time, where I, I don't even remember particularly what's happening, but, um, Robert Downey Jr. Thank you. Says, <laughs> Jesus, Harold Christ on rubber crutches. <laughs> Just cracked me up. <laughs> and then there was other little comedy things with the name calling mm-hmm. and um, that whole little scene. And the scene surround- there's a scene surrounding an aqua velvet cocktail. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty And funny. the animal crackers that Toski yeah, loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah Which, I forgot about that. This was a fun fact I didn't write down, but now I'm going to say it. Mark Ruffalo is a vegetarian, and so those are the only animals that he eats. Is what he said. Uh, and also, apparently you can... I didn't notice this, but when in the scene where he's eating a burger, you see him spit that into his napkin because he wouldn't swallow it because he's a vegetarian. Huh. Yeah. Huh. 
There you go. Oh. But the animal crackers it was cracking up every time. He's like, <laughs> he'd hold his hand out, and his partner just like has it. Like, yeah. It's just his car is stocked with animal crackers. And then he gets a new partner, and he doesn't have. He doesn't have the animal crackers. Yep. <laughs> one of my favorite comedic lines, and probably across both movies, is actually one of the first lines in Zodiac when Jake Gyllenhaal is getting his son ready for school. Um, and they're brushing their teeth, and the kid's sitting on the sink, and he's like, all right, spit. And he's like, I swallowed it. And he's like, why? And he's like, because it was minty. And I really identify with that line. As a person who has swallowed many a thing because it was minty, that's like one of four reasons why I don't chew gum. Like, minty things are just delightful. I have another similarity. Go for it. I thought this was an, an interesting one that you alluded to, and you, you, Bill, alluded to in your overview of the movie. Um, both of the people, the people, the person in both movies that could inform, that had the ability to inform on who the guilty person was, mm-hmm. used riddles. So Deep oh, Throat in mm-hmm. his speaking and Zodiac in his um, codes that he gave to the newspaper. An interesting difference that I think piggybacks off of that is that the codes that Zodiac gives have obvious solu- like have solutions. Like mm-hmm. there's not, it's not nebulous. Right. Um, and although Deep Throat's riddles do guide them to where they need to be, they are a little bit more right. nebulous. Right. There's no absolute but answer. But in addition to that, in all the President's Men, at no in no instance do they try and force information to fit the puzzle that they have. It's almost if you weren't if it wasn't for the fact that, like you know that they are good reporters. It's almost as if they were sort of stumbling through the evidence that they that like they found one step and they went to go investigate it, and they found two more steps and went to go investigate that, and found two more steps, and then at the end compiled all of that evidence to be like, ah, yes, this is the thing, as opposed to Zodiac, where they are oftentimes trying to be like, no, 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 look, here's this, this, and this kind of tenuous fact. They all fit. Obviously, it means that it was Arthur Lee Allen that is a Zodiac killer. So it's sort of exegetical reporting versus eisegetical reporting. You're going to have to define those. I believe those words are true. For for the two of us who are not. Exegetical means getting your facts from the text. Okay. Eisegetical means basically what you said, shoehorning your idea or your assumptions in to the text. Yeah, I first thought of that as the, the Bible. Yep. <laughs> I'm to be honest. You're absolutely <laughs> My correct. My first thought was that there's some pastor words right there. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Yep. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that All the President's Men is them is them unearthing the facts they know to be there. And Zodiac is them interpreting things it's, into yeah. what they want to be factual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of my similarities is that at least initially in both movies, the newspaper itself as like the editors and everything is not very cooperative. Like at the beginning of all the presidents spend they're like, Oh, it's some like story, give it yeah. to the new guy, it's not yeah. it's not anything important. And then in the Zodiac how that one newspaper doesn't put it on the front page because they're like, nah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna give in to this weird demand. Yeah. And there's in it. Just in like, and it is really those only for those first scenes that they're not as helpful as they could be. Right. But also they they have integrity. They have to you know. Right. If those are the more important things that needs to be on the front page of the newspaper. Right. Right. In all the president's men, they're saying, well, nobody else is reporting on this. Like, what if it's not real? What if it's not yeah. true? Yeah. 
that's a thing. Another thing that I, I was thinking about, and I don't know, I don't know if this is something you guys agree with, but I feel like, unlike all the president's men, Zodiac is a really. We could almost pair Zodiac with, um, like a Frank Capra movie because Zodiac seems to be a really good example of indifference in the part of the people that can do something about a problem. Like, obviously, Inspector Tashi and Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert Downey Jr. are all invested in figuring out what's going mm -hmm. on. But, but no it one seems else is. like right, yeah. none of the other right. heads of the police stations are like, like, yeah, let me work with you on this. They're just like, no, our, our, our notes are there. Go find them. Yeah. Or, oh, we don't have that piece of evidence. It's over there. And the newspapers yeah. are like, I guess we'll publish the thing. It's not a big deal. Who cares? Like, get on a real story. We're not going to protect you for the fact that you go to the Zodiac killer. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't, is that, I don't know if that's something that you guys picked up on or if maybe I'm misinterpreting something that I saw, but it felt like a lot of Zodiac was these people knowing, obviously, that there's a serial killer out there and everybody else just being sort of like, yeah, bummer, man. Another fucking Tuesday, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had not thought about that, but you're right. I think about the scene where the people are calling in to the radio station. Yeah. yeah. To the radio program, and they're like, nah, it's just country kids, you know. Yeah. And then he kills a cab driver. And then yeah. he kills San Francisco. Right. <laughs> Two blocks away from, three blocks away from Nick's house. Yeah. Who doesn't listen to this podcast, but that freaks him out every time. <laughs> right. Because... It may not be Arthur Lee <clears throat> Allen, and Ted Cruz could probably go back home and Zodiac kill Nick. I I had one more similarity. Yeah, go mm -hmm. for it. Before, okay. So in in both movies, there is an obsession, such an obsession to get to the truth mm -hmm. that that the reporters risk their own lives. Yeah, yeah. And livelihoods and risk they put their personal life mm -hmm. kind of on hold yeah. and yeah there's there's Which is so a little more obsessed. evident in zodiac right so jake gyllenhaal ruined yeah. what right two <laughs> relationships right. right right yeah that's yeah that's interesting i think also um in addition to that the reporters in both are willing to almost be dishonest in an attempt to get the truth like there's a there's a scene i love it it's it's one of my favorite fun facts about the internet that the quickest way to get the correct answer on the internet is to post a lie and then people will be like well actually the stats from that computer are blah 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 um and they do that in all the president's men that they're like what if we go in there and we say we know that because she she names the three initials of the people that had access to the fund the the lady that they're talking to and so dustin hoffman is like why don't we go in and say we know that p is whoever right and if she says if she says nothing we know she's right if she says no we know that it's not that guy right um and so they're using this dishonesty and then um there was something similar to that in oh i, I feel like there's a, a lot of journalistic integrity taken with the way that some of these people get access to information in zodiac like maybe jake gyllenhaal was overplaying his hand a little bit when he was able to get into the police station he's like yeah i'm working with inspector tashi you know like oh come to our notes <laughs> right 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 or tashi himself who does the business from the incredibles where he's like i couldn't tell you that you needed to go down to this place because that would be unethical right. or whatever both movies are tremendously quiet yes yeah um so one interesting thing that i learned was that 
Fincher has said that All the President's Men was his template for Zodiac. These movies are more connected than we thought. It's almost like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, my God. Ted Cruz did it. His quote is, it's the story of a reporter determined to get the story at any cost and one who is new of being an investigative reporter. It's all about their obsession to know the truth. That's, hey. Yeah. Even he this, got that from me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. He quoted it. Yeah. Well, remember when we were talking about this way back in 2003? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Came out? yeah. 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 <laughs> what if someone made a movie about yeah. Zodiac Killer? But it would be a different one, not Dirty Harry. Like, right. <laughs> right. <coughs> and then the, even the music from All the President's Men had an influence on Zodiac. Initially, Fincher said that he just wanted to pay for songs like they have. Um, what's that? The Hurdy Gurdy Man. They have that yeah. song in it. It's a great soundtrack. Um, and initially, his buddy, his longtime collaborator, uh, Ren Cleese, said that, nah, some stuff needs music. So he just threw all the President's Men music over top of certain scenes. And then Fincher was like, yes, actually, write some music for this movie. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> so I didn't know they were so interconnected. Yeah. If you, don't, if you look in my room, there's a cardboard, there's like a pinup thing, and I've got circles and strings yeah. going everywhere between these two of the United States yeah. between San Francisco and Washington, D.C. So cool. Uh, another thing, I don't know if this is a similarity or a difference or anything like that, but a, a, a quote that I thought was super interesting at the beginning of, um, of All the President's Men is, oh, when the their editor says and all the president's men says i'm not interested in what's obvious i'm interested in what you know and i feel like in all the president's men uh initially woodward is detail he is no and bernstein is uh extrapolation he is obvious bernstein keeps saying well we it, it has to be this guy and woodward's like yeah but we don't have any facts to say it yet and so they go right. and they get the detail they have to know it because it's obvious but they have to know it first and then towards the end of the movie i have where is it that they switch towards the end. Woodward is big picture, and Bernstein is detail. They switch a little bit, but I think that that's a thing—a thing that shows up in Zodiac as well. It's kind of what we were talking about about trying to force it in, um, to force the puzzle mm -hmm. to fit. That Zodiac is a, a lot of it is about what's obvious, and like what's obvious isn't actionable. Right. What's obvious isn't. We can't arrest someone for what's obvious. Right. Say what you will about the legal system or the police system in America, which can have many criticisms leveled towards it one of the things is is that you're innocent until proven guilty if you don't have evidence to support it nothing can be done if you don't know it if we don't know that whoever is the zodiac killer we don't know who the zodiac killer is it doesn't matter how obvious it is mm -hmm. right we don't know it until we know it i thought that was an interesting i liked i liked it being stated mm -hmm. that way so early on in all the president's men I wonder if in Zodiac, if they were just trying so hard to find a guilty person, any guilty person, so that they could put people's minds at ease. Obviously, yeah. they wanted to find the no, guilty for sure. person, but for they sure. were trying so hard that it was like, I'll just, I'll take anything. Like in Jaws, when they catch the shark, and like, that has to be that's, the shark. That's and the shark. Like, right. It's not the fucking shark. Like, we've got evidence. We know it's not the shark. Like, right. Its mouth is way too small. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you guys have any other similarities or differences? I have some differences. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that I would say that both films are equally suspenseful, but there's mm -hmm. no violence in All the President's Men. No, not at all. Significant yeah. violence. Yes. In um, Zodiac. 
Um, I think that the suspense is driven, also the way the suspense is driven is different, obviously, based on what I just said, but in All the President's Men, it's, it's driven through, while both are quiet, I think All the President's Men is a little more quiet, so you hear like, clomp, 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 you know, the feet through right. in the garage, and you hear Hearing car him run tires. across, like run back home is yes. such a suspenseful scene. Yes. No, no music, just him running. Yes. And he turns around, but no one's there. Nobody's yeah. there. Or is it the Zodiac? Zodiac yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because I actually, in my notes, I, I, the, I'm talking about in Zodiac, the suspense is driven through like, oh my God, when's the next horrible thing going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Even when it doesn't happen, like when Graysmith goes to Bob Vaughn's house and is checking out the film canisters oh, yeah. down in the basement, and then he goes running off. He right. goes running off into the dark, too. And there's, that, yeah, and there's um, no... That and, scene is my answer for one of my questions, which is, what's the most suspenseful scene in a movie to you? Is that <laughs> scene from that movie? It's so freaky. And, really, it, it's like you're inside his head. He is yeah. so convinced now that and that anything scares him like yeah. that. To where he sees something creaking, he's like, is there someone upstairs? Like, is someone about to kill me? And he runs, but the guy just walks up and he unlocks the door for him and right. lets him go. Like, oh, that's such a suspenseful scene. Yeah. Yeah, because even when he lets him go, I'm thinking, uh, he's going to fall. He's going to bomb in his car. He's, like, right, yeah, right. like... Right, he's just going to let him think that he's safe, and then he's going to come after him. But that's was that guy really or, that creepy, or was it just so expanded right. by All the Grace creepiness. Smith, right? Yeah. 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 By Jake Gyllenhaal's character that it was just, like, pulled the, all the way to 11. Yeah. 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 Um, I have another difference. Okay. Um, in All the President's Men and Zodiac, there's evidence of other shit going on around them. Like other things happening, like as especially in all the presidents' men at the beginning and middle of the movie, you can see all of this other stuff happening on the news as they're typing away trying to figure out what it is. Like you can hear like right. meetings going on and stuff like that. And although the world is going along, like they don't know that something has happened, the guy, the Woodward and Bernstein know that some shit has gone down, and the world needs to know about it. In Zodiac. The wor- things are happening outside of the investigation, but things are happening outside of the investigation, which would suggest that the investigation is over. Like, the novelty is worn off, even though, like, they're like, no, 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 it's still going on. Right. So they know fully that people are out there getting Zodiac killed, and they're like, right. hey, let's make Dirty Harry, let's make a movie about it. Let's, right. like, let's, oh, this is just a fun part of our culture now, as opposed to, right. it would be like, it would be like all the president's men coming out before we had any evidence that Watergate was a thing. Yeah. And then right. they're like, ah, we had the movie, we're good. Right. <laughs> we're done. Right. We don't need to we don't need to pursue it. Right. Right. <laughs> we know he's a bad guy. We're not gonna vote for him again. That would be stupid. <laughs> right. Right. Um, another one and this one this one is pretty thin, I think, but um, the people who Woodward and Bernstein thought had some guilt in it. Mm-hmm had some guilt, um, avoided, or could lead to someone with guilt, avoided the newspaper. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a scene where or the one where he's he's called the librarian and she says, oh, yes, he checked out lots of books. And then he calls back and he, she says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You didn't check out any, you know. Right. Who? I don't who? even know. I, yeah. Who is that? Nixon? Library? Nixon? <laughs> yeah. What are books? Print is dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, Print's but... not dead. Please visit your public library. <laughs> Please. Right. But Zodiac intentionally used the newspaper. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. No, that is a that is a big difference. It would be if Nixon was a secret editor or editorial writer <laughs> for a newspaper and was like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if somebody was able to rig the election that good? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which right. would never have happened because as moonbrain as Nixon was, he was still kind of a crazy mad genius. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Do you, have any, do you guys have any more? I do. Okay. So Woodward and Bernstein's supervisor went to bat for them when they were going to take the mm-hmm. story away from mm-hmm. them. He went to bat for them. And again, this is a little thin, but <laughs> in Zodiac, Gray Smith is kind of not necessarily um, ousted from the, the investigation, but he was not... Deliberately included no, in the nobody investigation, really though he right, right, though he had a lot to give to the investigation. Um, and this is the this is the big obvious difference that in all the president's men, by the end, you know who the guilty people were. Yeah, and not so in Zodiac, which I think is is another example of the sort of futility that all the president's men has that triumph, and then Zodiac is just right. Wow, what a what a tremendous miscarriage right. of justice across right. the board! Right, that's why I really like that movie. To be honest, yeah. oh, I it's like so good. I like when something doesn't end with a neat bow. When on it's it. yeah. Yeah. like don't get me wrong, I like some neat bow movies. I'm very excited for 98 days from now when Star Wars comes mm-hmm. out. But <laughs> who's counting? Right. Well, that's a really it's 99 <laughs> change, but. <laughs> Should we go to how many days until SkylarVerse.com? <laughs> no. So okay. if it's 99 and change to that, then it's like 105 to Christmas. Is that right? Is that what? Uh, what? That? <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Interestingly enough, when I finished watching Zodiac the first time mm-hmm. and it ended, I, I think I kind of said, well. <laughs> okay. That was a movie. Yeah, That's, I mean, it was. A, it's a great movie. Yeah, but you do. You 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 get to the end and you think, that was tremendously anticlimactic. Yeah. Should we move on to questions? Sure. I have some questions for you guys. Okay. Uh, what is your sp- favorite conspiracy? This is a two-part question. First one: What is your favorite conspiracy theory? You don't have to believe it necessarily. Is the second part of the question what what do you believe? No. Oh. Mine is that the cups that laundry detergent comes with mm-hmm. are written the little line where you're supposed to fill it is higher than it's supposed to be so that you go through your uh, laundry detergent more quickly and you have to buy more. Interesting. I've not heard that one before. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> I actually had kind of a serious answer to this question <laughs> until later on today when I have my new favorite, or, or earlier today when I have my new favorite oh, answer oh, to this question. Oh, no. I sent Tyler it to him, too. <laughs> sent me a link to a conspiracy theory called BL Theory, <laughs> a.k.a. also known as Bigger, Bigger Luke, Luke Theory, 
because there are scenes in Star Wars A New Hope where it looks like Luke Skywalker might be slightly bigger than than in other scenes and there are and their reference point is Han Solo right for this. yeah it's they, they really don't Ford. like it when you had when you send in reference pictures without Harrison Ford because then you don't have a scale you can't compare the right. size apparently sometimes maybe Harrison Ford is smaller sometimes oh man I think we just cracked this, this thing open <laughs> See, the general the general consensus was I guess that it's either that in in Star Wars lore there exists there are two Lukes. <laughs> And so they had to hire two different actors to play two Lukes. Or... <gasps> it's like those girls on Full House. Exactly, exactly. Or... There are two Mark Hamels. And sometimes the smaller Mark Hamill would show up to set. That, 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 there's, to... that there's a... They hired someone that looks just like Mark Hamill. And we haven't found this person yet. Yeah. <laughs> you need to run this by John Oliver. Because my favorite conspiracy theory comes from him, and he says that the a smaller that, that no the two <laughs> the twins that played the same gosh I'm bad with names Mary the, Kate and Ashley Olsen yeah yeah, yeah. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen that they're actually the same person because you never see them in a scene together no yeah in Full <laughs> that, House that, that there's just was it one. Stephanie is that no what's no it's I don't DJ know. Stephanie and little girl. Little girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my favorite conspiracy the theory. <clears throat> I'm also a fan of all of the tumult as to whether or not Kurt Cobain killed himself and how involved Suge Knight was in the East Coast, West Coast beef. But I, uh, I thought bigger Luke theory was kind of a neat one. Uh, here's the follow-up question. What's your favorite gate? Like Watergate, but then other things that end in gate? <laughs> I don't actually have an answer to this one. In oh, fact, I, I just do. Thought of it. Stephen Colbert just came up with a new one. I'm going to phone a friend here. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Hun, what was Stephen Colbert's newest gate? Like for, water for those gate. who don't I mean, know, uh, two films, three curious alum, the other Bill Mikesell <laughs> is also in the room. <laughs> I mean, he does have he does have stupid Watergate. Stupid Watergate. Stupid Watergate. Yeah, it's Is like Watergate. Water yeah, it's like Watergate, except perpetrated by really stupid people. Okay. <laughs> stupid Watergate. <laughs> he talks about that fairly often. Stupid Watergate. But there was a new one, so I'll go with that one. I'll okay. go with stupid, stupid Watergate. Watergate. I don't actually have an answer. There's Mine. Watergate salad. Oh yes, I like that salad. <laughs> That's the green stuff. Yeah. There's a, actually there's a. He's just Saturday Night and Happiness comic about it. And he's like, oh, the salad's nasty. Um, and they're at the Watergate Hotel. And they bring it back. And they're like, Nixon. And he's like, I am not a cook. <laughs> Classic. There's one in Parks and Rec that Jeremy Jam uses. Oh, Twittergate. Yeah. When there's a, a tweet that's sent out from the wrong account. So that's yeah. probably my favorite one. <laughs> Wait, there was one they were talking about, about Watergate Gate. That there were too many people using oh, Gate Watergate? as, a, as a, like, the, the thing. And so they're like, oh. why are we just calling him Gates? Like, this trivializes yeah. the, the Gate was the not thing. the, the suffix right. of this. That was the name of the hotel. Right. Watergate Hotel. Right. <laughs> Wasn't there something about the dress? You know, is it per- yeah. gold? Is it blue? That was like dress gate or something. Right. Ridiculous thing. Yeah, and that trivializes both A, the Watergate scandal, and B, other scandals that happen afterwards. And you're right. like, okay, but we need to not laugh about the fact that, I don't know, Russia Gate or whatever. Like right. that's a serious thing. We should be laughing about right. that. Whether or not it's true, it is. We don't <laughs> right. need to be laughing about it. You guys have other questions? 
now that we've gone through my silly one. I um, what is the most suspenseful scene in a movie to you? Hmm. I already answered mine. Ooh. It's that scene in Zodiac. If I can't use that answer because it's the podcast movies we watched, there's a scene in also a David Fincher movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, mm-hmm. where Daniel Craig is like kind of strung up and he's like being held with like a neck brace and he can't move and a guy's going to kill him. But then I won't give you any spoilers. That isn't what happens though. <laughs> there's a lot more going on in that scene. Okay. But if you were to watch the movie, it, it's so very suspenseful. I remember being in the theater like white knuckle. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost shouting. Similarly, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is my answer or if it's just my answer today, but I pitted my shirt in the movie Eighth Grade. Um, yeah. the scene there's a, the the movie itself is when we do our, our Friday movie questions and I ask what movie is a movie that you think everybody should see, my my answer was eighth grade because I've never felt more tremendous empathy than watching that movie. And there's a scene where the, the main character girl is invited to a pool party and it's her leaving the bathroom to go out to the pool party in her swimsuit. And, like, until that point, I have been able to sort of peripherally understand, I could see being afraid of that. Sure, of course. I was one of those kids that wore a t-shirt over my swim trunks for all of junior high and most of high school. I get that. Um, But I I have never been exposed to the sheer terror it could give to you until watching it in that movie... And it wasn't yeah. a joke. Yeah, what a yeah. great young actress she was. She was so, yeah. so good. And it was shot perfectly. And they could have been really silly and played, like, Jaws music over right. the top. And they didn't. They played music they played over the top. But it real. was, it yeah. was, it yeah. was really, yeah. I came out of that shirt and I'm, or this movie and I'm sweating. Yeah. It's the only well, time I ever sweat in theater. Great cardio workout for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm surprised. I'm glad I wasn't wearing my watch because it would have been one of those many times when my watch is like, hey, you're getting a good exercise. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but fuck you. Like, <laughs> Like when I have an argument with Uncle Lee and it's like dynamic workout, I'm like, God damn it! That's that's just that's Bo Burnham for you though. Yeah, he's a person right. who does so many very silly things, but in there's a grain of such a like universal truth Insightful, in all of his yeah. comedy, even his stupid stupid songs that he makes for his comedy stand-up specials. Yeah, there's such a there's a nugget of truth in there that like anyone it resonates with everyone. Yeah. What about you? So there's a movie called Wait Until Dark with the always wonderful that's Audrey when the Hepburn. Hmm? That's when the Boogeyman's come out. Yes. Yeah. So Audrey Hepburn in this movie is um, married and her husband it's been years since I've seen it. I can't find it anywhere which is a real shame. Her husband has gone off somewhere and um she is blind and she's trying to learn how to kind of fend for herself um and she has gotten a doll that she's going to give to a niece or something and long story short it turns out that a group of people or a person is after this doll because it's been stuffed with heroin she finds this out and she learns that this person is coming after her um, there's a little girl in the neighborhood that kind of helps her. She says, you know, hey, if you see this man that looks this way, I want you to take your stick. They're in New York at some walk-ups. And run it along the little um, posts in the yeah. fence. Yeah, so that I know that you see him. And so she does that. And so you see um, 
this, the character, the Audrey Hepburn character, she like is feeling on the phone. It was the old rotary dial phone, and she dials the police and says, "Please come. I'm about to be attacked." Mm-hmm. Go, goes out to. She takes her cane and goes out into the hallway. Meanwhile, you know that this man is walking up to the to her her walk up, and knocks out the light bulb in the hallway of the apartment building. Goes back in, knocks out all those lights, does, you know, so that she kind of levels the playing field yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And gosh, that whole scene where she's preparing to meet this guy who wants to kill her is so suspenseful. Oh, yeah. I actually I want to amend my answer because I remember when we were talking about this and we were talking about scary movies, um, one of... One of my favorite scenes that's similar is in um, *Silence of the Lambs* at the end of the at the end of the movie, when uh, when when she finds uh, Buffalo Bill, the guy that's the killer throughout the entire movie, um, like sh- she's invited into his house and and there it's this very cat and mouse like they both obviously know that the other person knows what's going on, um, but they're sort of casually chatting until Buffalo Bill goes into his kitchen and like pulls a gun. And she pulls a gun, too, and, like, shoots, and then, like, Buffalo Bill cuts all the lights out. He's got one of them big Frankenstein switches and cuts out all the lights and puts on night vision goggles. And the rest of the scene, you see through Buffalo Bill's night vision goggles as he's, like, following her around. Wow. Because he's still, he's a creepy guy serial killer, and he's, like, smelling her hair as she's, like, you can just see her furiously shaking and still, like, She's an FBI agent. She knows what she's doing, yeah. but still, like shaking, like pointing the gun, and then finally she shoots him. And oh, that's such a oh, that's yeah. such a good scene. Yeah. Can I add one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Audrey Hepburn. This just happened last night. Jack and I were watching Charade. Oh, okay. That's, and there's yeah. this scene where James Coburn is. She's she's sort of trapped in a phone booth. Audrey is. <clears throat> and James Coburn is blocking her escape, and he lights a match. She's trying to oh, yeah. threaten her. Lights a match and throws it on her lap. Keeps lighting these matches and throwing them on her lap. And she's, like, trying to frantically trying yeah. to put them out. And Jack and I were saying, what a horrifying thing to be stuck in a place where this guy is throwing lit matches at you. Yeah. All right. Which this, one we... Oh, we're going to say? I have another scene. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> this is the longest question answer we have. I'm very okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> The scene in Rear Window, when Ooh. he keeps flashing the bulbs because the guy's coming up to throw him out the window because his, yeah. his legs are broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he like, keeps flashing and the guy gets stunned for yeah. a couple seconds and he's got to put the new bulb in and then flashes yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, that was really that was suspenseful. So good. I was just, I commented on, a, commented off of a comment on Facebook where this guy was like, hey, I know people are going to be like, hashtag hot take, but I really didn't like Rear Window. And he lays out this argument as to why he doesn't like it. And pretty much everybody disagreed with him. I also disagreed with him, although I could see why he wouldn't like it. Fine, whatever. Um, but one of the comments in there was like, here's my hot take, I prefer Disturbia. And I was like, I don't know if I prefer it, but one of the things that I really like about Rear Window is all of the other things, like the fact that Rear Window is kind of like a Christmas Carol or um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, where it's it's obviously still a movie, but it's also a tropey storyline that other movies and TV shows follow. So as much as I like Rear Window, I also really want to see the Rear Window with Christopher Reeve, and I love Disturbia, which is Rear Window with Shia LaBeouf, and I love 
the Person of Interest episode that's Rear Window, yeah. and oh, what was the other cop show that I was thinking There's of? The Castle a, one. The Castle episode, mm-hmm. exactly, that's Rear Window. I like Rear Window, and I also like all of the things that copy it directly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The Christopher Reeve one, though, I really want to see because it's him after the accident, so his wheelchairness is not acting. Yeah, no. And yeah. I really, really yeah. want to see that. That sounds super interesting. In Castle, they even say, yeah. no, you love Rear Window, so that's why we did this. Or something. Similar. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, and uh, Mom, I think you have probably better uh, opinion on this. Uh, which movie looks more accurate? And does is does the style does a stylistic approach add or detract from the movie? You mean it looks more accurate to the time? Yeah, which yeah, which which movie looks more like the time period it's portraying? I I think that all the presidents men does it's it's I mean it was only two years right later. so yeah they're they're yeah, not making they're not later. making a, a like a right period piece right they're making a present day and film. and while they did try you know right. we talked yeah. about the mise en scene with the with the Washington Post um, office mm-hmm. and talked about books. trying to find the phone book yeah but trying in 1976 to find a 1973 or 74 phone book would not have been as different as Right. And in 2003, Three, trying to find a 1976 right. phone book. Um, not that there was one, but... No, but still. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I felt like there was there was one situation, one um, costume. I, you know, generally I watch a movie first for the movie, and then second, I watch it the second time so that I can see the costuming. <laughs> well, then I, I think in both it's good. It is good, but there there was one, and I don't remember what it was, so it must not have been that glaring. But there was one outfit. I think it was someone the coat in a, that Robert Downey Jr. wore, the denim jacket that you were yes, like, that's too hippie. Yes, yeah, it yeah. felt like a little like too counterculture. Yeah, like they were trying a little too hard, almost yeah. a caricature of. Yeah. As someone that was from that time period, you found it detracting a little bit. Um. Obviously, we still like that movie. Yeah, just that one thing. I thought, come on, he wouldn't have worn that. Like, that was that was like kind of like a wannabe. Yeah. Costume, you know, like I want to appear as if. Oh, your Led Zeppelin T-shirts from Target, not from Hot Topic. Okay. okay. (laughs) Right. Right. Something like that. Having not been from the time period, is that something that you recognized or would have cared about, Tyler? No. No. Not at all. I and, yeah, and I know that. While the, obviously not in that scene, any scene that has the Zodiac's murders, they went through like crime scene photos. Yeah. They took samples of yeah. cloth. Like they went, they made them as absolutely yeah. perfect as possible. Yeah. But they were, obviously they wouldn't have known what he was wearing on that right. day. Right. So they're and, like, well, make it counterculture. Let's do yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And like I say, all of it. And and that could have just been me. I mean, when was it? Nineteen seventy. Zodiac. Well, that scene, maybe seventy six. Yeah, I was living. I was living yeah. in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Probably Center not of finger on the pulse <laughs> of culture. Like so, San Francisco is right. Right, right. I don't know. San Francisco, Colorado Springs. <laughs> I mean, John Denver is from San Francisco. No, I'm just kidding. Or <laughs> Denver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> if that's why he's named Denver 
Me. That's neat. <laughs> yeah, neato. All right. Do you have any more questions, Tyler? Um, do you think that this idea of a like suspenseful investigative journalism movie would fit in a modern setting? Like, what do you think would make or break a movie like that? Like, obviously, Zodiac takes place in the seventies, and All the President's Men takes place in the seventies as yeah. well. That. What about something that takes place in the 2010s, almost the 2020s? Oh, I think so. Yes, yeah, so like, obviously like House the nature of it will be very different like, with the internet. House yeah. of Cards is similar, at least in the first season. That there's a lot about. That was the first one that I thought but of. Look the, at Argo, even. Well, but even uh, still, it's but period it's, piece. Yeah, period piece. Yeah. Never mind. But like when yeah, it's set in the right. present day, you still have. I mean, in, in, in it's. It, you're right. It is a lot different. That it's. The, the, the reporter has to deal with switching from newspaper to like a, almost a BuzzFeed style news office and that is Why it's different but I think that it would be I could see it still being incredibly compelling and different I would like to see I don't know I saw a trailer uh, at the beginning of Winchester uh, about the movie about the Boston Marathon and I yeah. wonder how much of that would have <clears throat> news stuff associated with it. I think that might be an interesting to say. I've not seen it, so I don't know how much I, of it is I think all, there are pr- plenty of things happening now in the world that I think could carry a, a movie plot. Yeah. I wonder... But I would then like to again, see, I really dig dialogue film. Yeah. I would like to see... I think it'd be interesting to see a movie of the Lewinsky scandal. Hmm. Because that would be sort of the first of, like, a news story that broke on the internet first with the whole Drudge Report thing, yeah. and then in the news the next day. That that would be an, that would also be a compelling internet. Like, if theoretically the American Civil War is the first war fought with modern weapons, World War One might be the first modern war. That um, the Drudge Report figuring out the Monica Lewinsky scandal first may be the first major instance of that even though now all of our stuff is part of a 24-hour news cycle and on the internet yeah sort of the story that started it all yeah mm-hmm. i think that'd be I, that, I would watch that movie yeah who plays bill clinton uh i do <laughs> i'll play bill clinton i mean <laughs> he wrote to you he did he sent me a letter it was very nice i don't know if i still have it i sent him a picture you don't know if you, a, if you have a letter from the I don't know where it is. President of the United States. I've moved like five times since. <laughs> if that was lost in the fire, you better still have it. Right. <laughs> um, here's one that we've asked before and haven't in a while. And I already know one of mom's answers. If you could pair one of these movies with another movie, what would it be? It's just a question I never have an answer to, to be honest, <laughs> because I never think about it. If you could pair, say, All the President's Men, Mom, with another movie... What could it be? None of the okay. president's men. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna do the the answer that, the that Argo you know that answer? I know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yes. Also, because they're both historical, and they're both, yeah. you know, but also because they both, I love both of those movies a lot. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. with one exception, I don't think we've picked a movie yet that I don't love. And Ben Affleck is Batman. Yes. So we're still tying into superheroes. Right. Similarity between Zodiac and Argo. Both have, one has Marvel heroes like, and one has DC It's like six degrees to superheroes. Yeah. 
We already had the Star Wars fun fact, so now we gotta get in all my other favorite nerdy <laughs> shit. So we're gonna talk like red staplers and stuff soon. All right, so in Office Space, though, <laughs> the red stapler actually. The fact that it's in there made Swingline start producing the red stapler. Again. I know. It's like Wensleydale cheese, but for office supplies. What if, mm-hmm. what if, what's the name of the guy with the red stapler? Milton. What if Milton's a Zodiac killer? What if Milton's a Zodiac killer? We don't know that he's not. We don't know that he's not. We don't know that anyone's not. Right. Right? That's actually one of my questions later on. Who's the Zodiac killer? Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about that one. We'll crack it. The three of us right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ted Cruz, guys. <laughs> it's not. I know who it is. Arthur Lee Allen. See, that's what I'm going to say. My, uh-huh. my question is, we'll get back to the other one. My question is, is it Arthur Lee Allen? I think so. Yeah? She recognized him. She had turned him down earlier. Yeah. She recognized him seemingly both at the burger shop. I'm sorry, she. When I say she, I mean the, the person who was first person killed. The person who was first killed that we saw. Yeah. yeah, which wasn't the first Zodiac killing. He had, yeah. right. He had girl issues. Mm-hmm. Um... He had a Zodiac watch. He had a Zodiac watch. We saw her be concerned about this car. She recognized the car at the makeout spot. Tyler? I think maybe it was him and also the creepy film man. Yeah. That's Jack's theory. Or at least that he maybe <laughs> yeah. he wrote the things and Arthur Young killed right. the people. Right. But obviously he didn't write it if... I mean, I don't know how much of an exact science handwriting analysis is, but yeah, they also didn't pull the DNA or the fingerprint, so who... <laughs> right. right. I kind of think that in that scenario, I think that... I don't think that Arthur Lee Allen was bright enough to write the cipher, the code. Yeah. And so I think that in that scenario, it was... What was his name? I just lost it again. Doyle. No. Some... Something like that. Yeah. Film guy. Creepy film guy with a basement. Yeah. I think that he yeah, may have... That's, that was the moment when my I felt my heartbeat get faster was when Jake Gyllenhaal was like, not a lot of people have basements in California. Yep. And I was like, oh no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, here's the follow-up question, and I hate how callous it makes me sound. Does it matter? We've not had a lot of Zodiac killings since then. We don't know if we will at ever get... At what point get... do we let go of that? Right, yeah. At what point do we say we will never hear from Arthur Lee Allen whether or not he was the Zodiac Killer? And if anyone else was the Zodiac Killer, they may already be dead even. Right. Do we... I mean, apart from the fact that it's a logistical nightmare and there's really no saying who's actually working on it, but the police department that still has the Zodiac case open. So... A police department that still has the case open, it's not, they're not going to have resources devoted specifically and solely to mm-hmm. that case. They're going to be mm-hmm. working other cases as well. Mm-hmm. The, Arguably more important cases in that they're taking place this now. Time, yeah. that this is right. something yeah. that could, someone yeah. could get hurt now. And this right. is probably something that like is on the back burner. Right. Yeah. Um, the tied up with a pretty bow part of me mm-hmm. would like for That'd it be to nice. be solved. Yeah. yeah. And I believe that just not at the expense any living, of other things. Right. Any living relatives of the victims, I know that having a conclusion can bring closure to mm-hmm. them. I I have I worry 
I wonder, I hope, that the <laughs> family of victims have gotten lots of counseling. Right. Yeah. Um, but I know that bringing someone to conviction could bring closure. Okay. Okay. Fine. Sorry. It matters, <laughs> I guess. It just seems that the most likely guy is dead. Yeah. That's exactly right. Or, I mean, I think, that, I think that there's none of us that needs to be concerned that the Zodiac Killer is going to strike again. Texas has a non-extradition treaty with California, so even if he wasn't, even if it wasn't oh, Arthur Lee <laughs> Ted Cruz won't be sent to California for it because Texas doesn't like the fact that California doesn't have the death penalty, so. You know you're going to have an FBI file over this, right? You have an FBI <laughs> file, it's fine. Miss, I wrote a criticizing letter to the president. <laughs> Let your voice be heard. Yeah, well, that's valid. We're doing a podcast. Obviously, we want our voice to be heard. <laughs> do you have any other questions, Tyler? I do not. Okay. Do we have any answer on other movies we want to pair with uh, With one of these movies? I feel like I know something I would pair Zodiac with, but I can't think of it. And I really, I almost just want to say Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, because those are the two most suspenseful movies I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be interesting. We've never done a movie by the two of the same director before. It would be interesting to see... Uh, uh, David Fincher biopic and a David Fincher obviously fictional movie. That would be neat to see. Here's a weird thing. When you asked that question, uh-huh. I thought, oh yeah, all the president's men and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. No, that'd be really interesting. Hmm. And I can't quite, I haven't, because we've then been talking about mm-hmm. other things, I haven't quite defined in my head how I would connect those. Well, it would be interesting to see, it would be interesting to see the press fight against an obviously corrupt right. system versus the a man in the yeah. system trying to right. fight against an obviously ignorant right. system or and not they, ignorant indifferent and they do use the press system. and they do yeah yeah mm-hmm. and all the, the his hometown is it his paper or just his cub scout like newsletter Little i don't remember both. fun fact <laughs> one of the like <clears throat> the only other podcast i listened to um they, they did all the president's men and it's not the boy scouts because the boy scouts said they they couldn't use their name because they didn't want to be associated with this movie that was almost certainly going to get a lot of people blacklisted. And instead, so they came, they invented basically their Boy Scout thing. It's like boys troops or whatever mm-hmm. they call them. Um, but obviously the Boy Scouts felt differently about it eventually because Jimmy Stewart did a lot of ads for the Boy Scouts after the fact. Oh, so, so. you said, so it was Mr. Smith. Yeah, Mr. Okay. Smith was not yeah. Boy Scouts, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. they had to do something else. I just thought that was neat. Yeah, that is... I don't think I have any other questions. No, I'm good. Well, I think that's it then. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's Co-tagging been fun. Co-tagging Brenda, who at mm-hmm. the end of this will be forever known as Two Films, Three Curious, Alum, mm-hmm. Brenda. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, if you're ever invited, those of you listening, if you're ever invited to be a guest, do it because it's a lot of fun and they serve you really good drinks. <laughs> we do try and make sure we keep our beverages on the level. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we don't have guests. They're not so much on level sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, our, our food may not be on level, but I feel like our drinks are always on the level. Is Andre on the level for you? Andre <laughs> is on the level for me. Don't, don't at it. me. <laughs> Andre's good, you guys. I even had it in a can. It's good. Oh, I was just going to say, don't talk about the can. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> There's a lot of good really, It's not all Franzia anymore. Really need to endorse us. They, they really do. Are. <laughs> because I don't know, honestly, I don't know any two people that eat more hamburger helper 
or drink more Andre champagne than you guys do. Not only do we drink Andre, we have differing opinions on how we would rank the Andre flavors we've had because we flavors. Oh my god! Okay, check it out. (laughs) Brute extra dry, Spumante, cold duck, Brute rosé, Moscato. Peach Moscato, strawberry ew, Moscato, ew, ew. and I feel like there's a regular. Oh, but did I say Spumante already? Yeah, you, you said Spumante. Okay, I think is there a regular rosé and a brut rosé? I don't know. I don't know. And then you can get brut and brut rosé in cans now. I had no idea. Did you know that, that Barefoot makes a pineapple sparkling wine? I did not know that. It's actually not bad. Go out there, get your flavored <laughs> wines, you guys. <laughs> Boone's Farm no, no, stop, is not stop. bad. <laughs> it is, though. It's you really, have to admit that it's bad. Listen, at Tell 3% alcohol by volume, by volume, you can easily sit down to a bottle of Boone's Farm <laughs> and not make anybody angry. It's really not that bad. A bottle of Boone's Farm, one pound, one pan, one serving. <laughs> this, is a good, this is a good night. A I good once night. had a date where we had pizza, like cold pizza from the night before. He didn't even buy a fresh pizza. And Mogan David. Ooh. Yeah. I would like to say, for the record, I may be bad, but I am not that bad. Right. I can cook fish. I can cook chicken. Uh, yeah. It's just when Tyler and I eat, it's not bad. It's, right. Why what not? do we have when Kotak... I don't know. <laughs> when when Two Films, Three Curious alum Devin was on. Oh, we had chicken. We had chicken and Brussels sprouts and potatoes. We had a whole nice. thing. We didn't have Brussels nice. sprouts. Oh, no, we didn't. That's right, because you don't like Brussels sprouts. Do we have other vegetables? Or just, just chicken and potatoes? Do we have corn? We did. We had corn. That's a grain. It's a vegetable. I agree to disagree. It grows in the ground. <laughs> I mean, then it would be a root. You're a root. So do potatoes. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Corn We're doesn't done, grow okay? in the ground. It grows on the thing like any kind of... Continue <laughs> to watch movies. Please be curious. Thank you for listening. We love you. That's it. We love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>